1: Peace and blessings, love and light, and welcome to another edition of the How Now Podcast, where we talk about how to live in the now. I am your host, Kim Martin Raymond. I am a minister, spiritual life coach, author, and founder of Redefining You LLC, where I help my clients to realign themselves, mind, body, and spirit. And again, we are in the second season of the How Now Podcast. And this season, we are going to be focusing on health and wellness again, of mind, body, and spirit. And today's episode is no different. We're gonna be talking about mindset changes. We're gonna be talking about health. We're gonna be talking about wellness. So make sure that you go to uh, my website, www.hownowpodcast.com. There you'll be able to tap into uh, our upcoming and our current and our present, our current, our present, and our... (laughs) previous shows, and you'll also be able to connect to the How Now podcast YouTube channel. So make sure again, you go to www.hownowpodcast.com and plug in so that you know what's happening in the now. So before we get started, today's show is talking about creating A wellness mindset. And my guest is going to help us to take a deeper dive into what that looks like. And as is customary with the How Now podcast, I'm going to have her to introduce herself at this time.
0: Hello, hello, Miss Kim and listeners. Hey, thank you so much for having me on your show. I am Nurse Coach Jean Turner, registered nurse, board certified holistic health nurse and nurse coach. I am a licensed minister. I am an author, I'm a global speaker, I am a mom, a wife, a GMA, and I am the CE, I like to call myself the chief wellness officer of Spirit of a Warrior Life Enterprises, which is a nurse-led company to where we help. Others to excel in their wellness, elevate your health, particularly those with um, chronic illness and disease like heart disease, diabetes, cancer care, and beyond, as well as our signature prevention program for those of us who are 50 years young and beyond.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, like I said, I want to say welcome to the show. We are so glad to have you here to talk about creating a wellness mindset. You know, it has been a challenging time. I think for a lot of us, uh, you know, especially in this time of pandemic, you know, people have uh, had issues with with weight and they've been calling it COVID weight. I've been a victim of that myself. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's just been difficult, but we know that, you know, even with our physical, you know, wellness There has to be that spiritual, has to be that mental mindset that goes along with, you know, taking any type of wellness journey and they all go hand in hand. So I want to talk a little bit, you know, about that. But before we do that, let's talk a little bit about your background, because, you know, like I said, it's extensive. You know, you've spoken, you, uh, you know, uh, have been a, a veteran and we thank you for your service and, you know, being a being a nurse. You know, how did you come about, you know, going into this aspect of wellness?
0: Oh, wow. So look, that was not my intention. (laughs) So literally that I was supposed to, you know, I'm a product of the early 60s. So grew up in 60s, 70s. -hmm. And that was a time where you was either a homemaker, i.e. wife, mom stayed at home, or you were somebody's secretary. So I originally went to school, Taylor Business Institute to become a legal secretary because that was my goal to work on Wall Street, wow. right? Yes.
1: <laughs> that is hilarious.
0: So the, ner- the nursing piece came about some years later. Oh, wow. um, I was over, uh, at the time, my ex-husband was military and we got stationed in a place to where it was still kind of like Mayberry and they didn't have no positions for our secretaries. Oh, so- wow. I took a certified nursing assistant course Okay. and loved it so much. I got certified as a nursing assistant and then end up going back to nursing school and getting my nursing degree. Wow. Wow. So yeah.
1: I started there. And I, it's funny that you say Taylor Business Institute, because I'm like, I remember that. And I remember those commercials. Do oh, you? Yes, ma'am. And, and my mom was a secretary. <laughs> for many many years so I know exactly what you're talking about you're talking about that time frame I those all sound familiar my dad worked on Wall Street so here we go I mean the connection. Wow. he worked on yeah he, he actually he's been retired 20 years yesterday and so oh, wow. yeah so I mean he worked on Wall Street for many years and so just like you said there was that that uh it, that was the season that was the time when those were the jobs and so it's interesting that you know you, you were led to make a shift and, and that, you you know, it's amazing how life can, can cause us to make pivots. Yes. And so you pivoted and, and decided to go into nursing and found out that that, that was a passion and a love of yours. Yay. I love that. And, so, and then, and then you, like so you were not in the military at that time, or were you in the military? At that time? No, I was not in the
0: military at that time. So probably about eight years after I became, I've been, I've been a nurse since 1987. Okay. So about, let me see, seven years after, not even that long. 95, how many years is that? Sometimes at my age Ah, now, I feel like mm -hmm. I got to count on my fingers. I count on my fingers
1: and my toes and I just hop on the calculator because I don't.
0: Eight years years after becoming a nurse in 1987, so that's 1995, right? I wanted to pay back student loan. Well, actually, I needed money to go to school to finish huh. my next highest degree. And so I was like, oh, let me go on the Army Reserves, Let me whatever. And so I did so they can pay back my loans, right? Right, makes sense. <laughs> and then um, that turned into going from Army Reserve as being a part-time soldier to a full-time surger- soldier and going straight on active duty 365 days a year
1: after 9-11 wow 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 Mm -hmm. so like I said things just things just changed and 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 morphed Mm -hmm. for you and like you said a lot of pivots because to be a nurse for that many years and then go into the military afterwards afterwards
0: after 9-11 no doubt because I was ticked off can I say ticked off on your show yes you can you
1: can say whatever (laughs) you like
0: (laughs) well really I was pissed off P.O'd Mm -hmm. that They had the audacity to crash them planes into the World Trade Center. You know, growing Mm -hmm. up in New York, you went there for school trips and outings. And that was, look, that was my first job out of high school was One World Trade Center. Wow. As a clerk typist. Wow. And so I was so mad about that. I was like, yeah, stop. What? This ain't doing it. Let me go in, you know, full throttle, you know, active duty. And then too, at that time, I kind of got bored with nursing as I got accustomed to it, and I wanted to do something different yeah. with my nursing. Yeah. But be careful what you ask for.
1: I'm gonna leave it at that for now. <laughs> okay, okay. So, like you said, just a couple of pivots early in life for you that that brought you to this space of of you know being a nurse, being in the military. So I'm sure with that, you know, of course, I'm I'm going to assume that health and wellness, of course, were definitely you know, pivotal and, and, integral in your life because, you know, you had to keep your body in, 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 you know, good shape to be in the military. Mm-hmm. And then also the things that I'm sure you learned as a nurse, you know, prompted you to, you know, make sure that your wellness, uh, was that wellness piece was in there as well. So talk a little bit about that. Well,
0: <laughs> look, I believe in being very transparent, especially is going to help somebody. Yeah. So let me just say this, let me just say this. So after my husband had a cholesterol scare in 1999, I decided at that point I was going to stop eating red meat and pork. Mm -hmm. However, however, I still continue to eat whatever I wanted to eat. And for all those years, because I'm a runner as well, I used to run half marathons, marathons. Mm -hmm. I thought for all those years that I can outrun a bad diet. Mm -hmm. Yes. So with that said, I was the I was the type of chick especially if I work 12 14 hours, especially now stationed in Korea. Mm-hmm. I made the day of most of my meals on a really busy day was mm-hmm. potato chips and ice cream. Wow. No lie. Mm-hmm. And so all those years, even though I stopped eating red meat and pork, all those years, my diet was crappy because I was exercising gym rat and thought I'm good. And I was healthy. I was healthy. All my labs, blood, everything was good. Right. So fast forward to Korea, 2015 to 2016, I started looking more into, you know, holistic and um, complementary alternative therapies. I started doing acupuncture over there for some long-term chronic Um, neck pain, shoulder and back pain that I was experiencing and different things. And so, yeah, so that started my journey. And um, lo and behold, that that I know God was preparing me for what was to come in 2018, because that's when I was told that I have a spot on my lungs. Mm -hmm. It was just a pinprick, but they monitored it over several months. And then it started growing about seven to eight, nine months later. Mm -hmm. They biopsied it and it was malignant. So that started the, the mm-hmm. chemotherapy, which put me into congestive heart failure. I went cardiac mm-hmm. arrest at a local hospital the morning of August 8th, 2019. Wow. But during that whole journey of being on chemotherapy, thank God I'd, I'd been a runner all those years. So my mm-hmm. heart was strong. And I during that walk, when I was going through that, I really started taking a deeper dive into holistic therapies mm-hmm. and things of that nature, did a study on environmental health and looked at the different chemicals and things they put in our body products and our foods and different things. So that experience really shifted another shift, my perspective on how I saw health healing and the healthcare system that I've been working for since 1987. I started seeing all of that in a different light.
1: Wow. And that's a lot. Like you said, that's a lot of twists and turns to come. And then all of a sudden to get to that space where suddenly you weren't okay. And Mm -hmm. where, where all these things that you said you thought were helping you or that, you know, would keep you in in a space of, of, you know, being in optimal conditions. Like you said, your numbers were coming back fine, you know, but you couldn't outrun a spot that was on your, on your liver, you know, those things happen. And, we have to be prepared for when those things happen. And, and I think that it's it's critical that we talk about that because, you know, I think about COVID and people who have have uh you know succumbed to the to the virus, those who have seen maybe things that were dormant in their system, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden come to fruition when they when they become exposed. And wow. so I think that it's important for us to um. <clears throat> to be mindful of the fact that, you know, we may feel that, that, you know, our body is in good condition, but is it in a good enough condition to fight when something occurs? So let's talk about that. Cause I want you to talk yes. about something that, that, that a, a term that you came up with that is called the suddenly healthcare crisis. Well, oh Yeah. Okay,
0: so 2018, after being healthy as a horse all my life, right, never sick, not sick to where I could never go to work, right, Mm -hmm. Um, that that suddenly healthcare crisis, what I just described to you, suddenly, oh, you have a spot on your lung, oh, suddenly it's malignant, and suddenly found myself being, going from healthy and fit as a Mm -hmm. horse, no issues on, no medications, no nothing, to chemo in what I say zero to five seconds. And also during that, especially after I woke up in the ICU, not knowing at that time i had been in cardiac arrest, um, you know, you start thinking, right? And you're in the healthcare profession, especially as a nurse, you know too much. So I woke up in the ICU, come to find out almost two weeks later, and looking around and knowing something happened, but not exactly what. That even fortified even more when I found out what happened, how important it is that we you know we don't never know what can happen right Mm -hmm. you can leave your house today and get into severe car wreck and end up in the icu Mm -hmm. we Mm -hmm. never know so is your current state of health your current state of health is your current condition going to either hinder your Mm -hmm. prognosis and recovery or help your prognosis and recovery Mm -hmm. should you find yourself on the end or in the midst of a suddenly health care crisis. Yes. That is key because like you said, Kim, now with COVID, right? Especially mm-hmm. those that have the diabetes, heart disease, cancer, all these um, conditions, right? Mm-hmm. That they're predisposed to already and then put COVID in the mix. We know that those patients or those, you know, those people are not having the best outcomes. And mm-hmm. even if they come through COVID, what's the long haul? You know, the long haul right. COVID effects yes. and these different the long things. Long haulers, yeah. So, The more, the better we are to our bodies now, right? During times of wellness or when we say we are feeling good, we need to take care of our bodies now. Don't wait till a pandemic. You know, many people have started buying the elderberries off the shelf and taking seed moss and doing all these things. But you should have always been doing these things. I've been drinking elderberry tea since I came back from Korea 2016. So by the time the pandemic hit, People talking about elderberry. You got your elderberry. Girl, I've been doing elderberry. Gabriel. Like, come on. But we've got to start thinking, God forbid, if something should happen, what state, what is the state of my current health? And will it help or will it hinder my prognosis or recovery?
1: Right. Like I said, you make an excellent point with that. It is, it's a matter of, of you know going and and seeking out uh you know our physician and really running some tests and finding out where we are where we currently are mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people don't know that we've had issues with healthcare people have had issues with with insurances and and things like that and so it's kind of hindered people from from, you know, going to the doctor or from even, you know, doing some things that they can do at home. You know, it's all about educating ourselves. And, you know, that's why I'm I'm grateful for this platform. I'm grateful for individuals like yourself who, you know, can educate and bring information to people, that, that they may not typically know about, like you said, from a holistic point, I mean, from a, a holistic approach and also just from saying, okay, I know that something is going on with my body. And, and I think it really starts with, you know, being in tune with our bodies, you know, cause mm-hmm. I mean, I I've told people, you know, just personally, like I, you know, I started my wellness journey because I was not feeling a sense of wellness, you know, I, I know that age was a factor. I'm, I'm over 50 and I was like, okay, so I know I may be a little more tired. I don't have as much spring in my step, but why am I sluggish? Why do I, you know, why am I falling asleep at the wheel on my way home from work? Wow. Why, you know, why, why don't I have any energy? You know, okay. what am I doing? So I think that a lot of it kind of starts with, with you, you know, being in tune with your body and knowing when something just doesn't feel right or something is wrong. So let's talk a little bit about that. W- what are some things that that people need to be, you know, looking at just in their day-to-day life where, where there's been some changes?
0: Well, you said, I mean, you said it all. You said it all right there. We've got to know ourselves, right? Know our bodies no, don't just say, oh, this little acre pain, ah, I probably pulled something. No, you need to go check it out, especially if it persists over some days. Mm-hmm. You know, if you notice little things like your urine ain't looking the right color, you know, it's supposed to be clear to clear yellow, but now it's looking dark, you know, and it's persistent. You know, you check that out. It could be blood in your urine or you're not going to the bathroom, you know, um, having bowel movements. We're really supposed to go after every meal to be honest, but yeah. at least two times a day. If you're not going that, and you just going once a day or every few days, look, you need to get that checked out. It may be more than constipation, but you have to know yourself. And the only reason, let me tell you, the only reason they even found that little pinprick spot on my lung was because one day out the blue, I was running up a flight of stairs at work and I was short of breath. And I was like, wait a minute, I run, I run. In the military we run, I'm running races, marathons and stuff. Why am I short of breath going up a flight of stairs? And then probably a few days after that, after I got to work for some reason, I could. I had problems breathing. And I'm like, why am I having problems breathing? So I went down. Well, at the time, my office was the next block from the hospital. I went down the street to the military treatment facility where I worked at, went to the ER. Everything was fine, except we did do a chest x-ray, ma'am. And uh, we see this little spot on your lung. So my primary care provider called me. First thing Mm -hmm. out my mouth was, I want you to send me off post to a civilian provider, because unfortunately, for some reason, our protocols were a little different than outside the military. And if it had not been for that, see, I know my body, but if it had not been for that, they would have never seen that spot, right? Because I already had my physical exam for that year and everything was fine.
1: You see what I'm saying? Yes.
0: And so then the doctor they sent me said, well, let's monitor it over a couple of months and just see if it grows or what happens. Yeah. And thank God she did because eight months later when I thought it was my last PET scan, wow. ain't nothing going on, it ain't growing, that it had the biggest growth within those two to three months in between those last two scans. Yes, I
1: mean, so, it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. The, great
0: that. Yeah, so we gotta know ourselves. Yes. We gotta know ourselves.
1: Yes, and know when something is wrong and not just think, You know, I'm just going, to you know, put an ice pack on it and I'm just going to put some, you know, some salve on it or I'm going to get some icy hot. And, you know, we really have to be in tune with our bodies. And I'm so glad that you said that. I'm so glad that you said, you know, I I noticed something was different. Mm -hmm. I noticed that my breathing was different. And this is something that's out of the ordinary and never to discount those things because when you discount those things that happen, then that's when they turn into bigger things. And I think it's also important that, that you spoke about following up, you know, if they told you, okay, I need for you to come back. You know, you may go to the ER that first time and then just say, they say, come back. And then you don't go back. I'm not going back. I'm feeling fine. I'm not having this again. We have to be willing to follow up to make sure that that, you know, those things that we saw that we tried to catch early actually get, you know, caught early.
0: Caught early. And can I tell you something? That pinprick, when I say a pinprick, that's exactly how she described it. It, They had to keep monitored it because initially when they saw it, guess what? It wasn't (laughs) big. It wasn't even big enough to cause me to have any symptoms.
1: Right, right. And just so,
0: so had I not known myself in my body and said, like, wait a minute, let me go because it wasn't even big enough to cause any
1: problems. Right, right. And that's it. That's it. You know, I think about, you know, I'm diabetic and I think about how quickly your A1C can go up and down. Mm-hmm. You know, my A1C was fine for years and then all of a sudden it shot up to 11. And I was like, wait a minute. And was wondering why I was not feeling well. And when they checked it, they were like, your A1C is at 11. And I was like, wait a minute. It's mm-hmm. always been like, you know, the upper 5.9, 6.2 right. or something like that. And then all of a sudden it went up. But had I not checked it, I could have had a stroke. I could have had anything, a heart attack, anything. Anything. And people take, okay, so you just brought up
0: another point. Diabetics, many of them, especially, well, it's just type two diabetes and I'm Mm -hmm. not on insulin. You can't take that for granted because long-term, long-term over time, it leads to problems with your neurological system, your kidneys to shut down and heart disease. That is one of the precursors to heart disease. So we got to stop downplaying stuff. Oh, it's just type two diabetes. Oh, it's just a little sugar. Whatever. Stop downplaying this stuff because the long-term effects and really type two diabetes is reversible. Yeah. It's reversible. But if you let it go long-term for years and years and you ain't managing it, it's going to lead to some chronic stuff that you don't want. You and it's
1: interesting to. because some people also, um, you know, think about things, uh, you know, as being hereditary and everything. And interestingly enough, like I said, um, November makes twenty-one years that I've been diabetic. But when I was uh, the year before, I had gone to have an eye exam, and the and the eye doctor said, "Do you have diabetes?" And I was like, "No," but interestingly enough, you know, six months later, I was diagnosed with diabetes. And then on top of that my family member, you know, I was, I was like, nobody in the family has diabetes. So I was like, so where'd I get the diabetes from? So we, you know, I'm going, I'm asking my parents, you know, do does my, do my grandparents who has diabetes? And they were like, nobody has diabetes. My dad was diagnosed a year after me. Oh, wow. So, you know, we all sitting here like, okay, so where'd you get the diabetes from? So it wasn't anything that was, was consistent in my family. But here it goes. I had it. And then my dad, you know, was diagnosed a year after me. So, I mean, we really have to pay attention. You know, sometimes if you do have those, uh, you know, hereditary things that are going on in your family, it's important to pay attention to those things because a lot of people are pre-diabetic or they have a lot of people in their family who have died of, of cancer or who have, have uh, you know, passed away because of high blood pressure or taking pressure medication. And you'll notice patterns there. And those are the things that we have to look into as well. You know, right. having things checked and tested because we don't know, you know, uh, what we're predisposed to. Right. So, so you make At, an excellent
0: point. And that's important to know. And, you know, when we were coming up like, my parents, they, they didn't keep up with that. I think if you was born before the 60s, your <laughs> aunt that they didn't keep up with that stuff. And You would ask questions and they'd be like, nobody. Doesn't mean that somebody didn't know, but right. they didn't talk about that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's why it's important that we inform our children and grandchildren so they can right. inform, you know, generations where we have a family history that is not saying you're not claiming it's gonna be you. But you just still need to know because when we know, well, supposedly when you know better, you do better, but it would, it would probably help a lot of folks going forward to make better health decisions, but also with diabetes and a lot of things that we're seeing now, it still goes back to diet, diet and and lack of exercise. It really, really does.
1: Yes. And you know, you talk about exercise and that's something that has been difficult for a lot of people, especially during this pandemic, because people were going out. I mean, they were not able to get into the gym at one point. You know, I'm glad that, you know, people are starting to be able to get back into the gym, but you know, with these new strands of COVID, we don't know if things are going to go in in the reverse. So I, you know, it's important to talk about that, that whole aspect. Of exercise and moving your body and that, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be in a gym, but, but let's talk a little bit about that, about exercise or, or at least the movement of, of our bodies. You know, Mm -hmm. what, what are some things that we should be doing with regards to body and movement and exercise?
0: Well, number one, we've got to keep our heart pumping. We got to keep the circulation going and flowing throughout our bodies because it's in it's in the blood you know the heart pumps blood is pumping oxygen and nutrients to all of our vital organs and throughout our bodies so when people tell me i don't like to exercise i don't exercise and i'm thinking okay do you really know what you're saying here because we need to move to keep blood flow going to keep our arteries and veins open so that all this processed food that many of us eat is not clogging our arteries in the form of bad cholesterol and blocking the flow of blood. So if you eat in you know, a diet high in unhealthy fats and refined sugars and all these things and you not exercising, then you are, you are, look, it's inevitable. You're going to clog up your arteries, cholesterol and plaque and all that's going to clog up your arteries and the blood cannot flow through. And the next thing you know, you got high cholesterol, you're on a pill for that or you're having a heart attack. Yeah. So, you know, so that, that's that that's one. That's the main reason why we need to move. And it's not as difficult as people think. You do not have to be a member at a gym. Look, everybody got cable or Internet TV now. Go on TV, go to YouTube, there's exercise videos galore, Pilates, yoga, Zumba, different types of dance, stretching videos, you name it, any type of exercise, it's videos is on there. Wow. We have these, we, I don't even think we, I
1: think we is old school, old, out there. Well, I remember now, it because I had the little, yes, yes, I had the little pad that you stood on and all that. I was like, yeah. Right. So, but
0: we have these computer games, right? Get the yeah. ones that are, are are exercise ones and do wow. that. We don't have no excuse. We, don't. we really don't. We don't. And then, you know, you got to maintain flexibility in yeah. your your, your limbs, you've got to maintain muscle, get you like little two, three pound, five pound weights or get them bands, right? And do that at home. And you ain't even got to be standing up. There's chair exercises. Oh, yeah. Go on YouTube and look up videos with chair exercises. Tons. But you know what, Kim? And I'm straight, no chaser. It's excuses. It's excuses. Yeah. Because the bottom line is we
1: do what we really want to do. That's right. That's right. You're absolutely right. I said, it's funny because we all have watches that tell us time to stretch, time to move. And what do we do? We go like this (laughs) until it stops saying to do it. And we're like, okay, we're done. for real. For yeah, real. I mean the technology is out there, everything is out there to remind us. So even when we don't remember to move our body, we have technology and watches and things that tell us, move your body. You know, it's time to get up, take a stretch. You have uh the little risers, you know, I have one on my desk that you know, I can lift it up and and I can type standing up. Then I can push it back down, and I can mm-hmm. work. You know, while I'm sit- seated, I have yoga balls. Just like you said, there are no excuses for us not. not to be able to move our body, even if it's minimal. You know, if you if you're one of those people who has to get stuck on Zoom call after Zoom call, I have one of those little pedal <laughs> bikes. So I sit here and I pedal away. Because I wish Come I could pedal away from that meeting, but I can't. <laughs> but but I sure enough be on there and I'll be pedaling, pedaling, pedaling because that's something I can do to move my body. And so wow. it's just another thing, like you said, of being in tune with your body and saying, mm-hmm. okay, I, I need to move it in some form or fashion because you know, the muscles atrophy if we don't use them. That's we know right. That and, and they start to get stiff. And then we, you know, especially over 50, or you know, what are we always talking about? Girl, my knee. You know, we used to talk about hair. Hey, you know, we used to go talk about, oh, I went to this party and that party. Now we start, when you get over 50, you start talking about body parts, your conversations. No, <laughs> like, yeah, my, my hip. Hair, my bursitis. <laughs> Look, oh, my hip. Oh, my back. Oh, yeah. All of that. All of that. Yes, yes. yeah.
0: And you know what? See, and this is the thing. This is the thing, in the healthcare world, they automatically think that just because you reach a certain age after mm-hmm. you read, I'm gonna say 50, uh-huh. they think just because once you, they think because we are 50 over 50, I'm 58, mm-hmm. that you're supposed to just automatically start breaking down. That is yeah. a lie, is.
1: That
0: that's not true. The problem is yes, we do have normal physiological changes that take place, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem lies in the fact that we believe that what they say, because we reach a certain age that we automatically supposed to start breaking down, right? And some of it is physiological, right? Normal physiological changes. But some of that, many of us, we take that at heart and say, oh, I'm over 50 or I'm 60. I got to start slowing down. Or we start claiming the arthritis and the bursitis and the hip pain and all of that. And no, that, no, 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 no. <laughs> Just because you over a certain age don't mean you got to slow down and start breaking down. But, you know, a lot of what we speak out of our mouths, you know, I'm firm believer. you speak it, you speaking it into existence. That's your reality.
1: That's right. And I think that you make an excellent point there because we do, I mean, we know a lot of people who are flexible. My grandmother, rest her soul, she passed away uh, in January. She was 105. But up until she was well into her 80s, she was doing, uh, she was uh, leading the exercise classes at her, um, at her senior center. She was very flexible. And then uh, even when she, um, I think she was 94 when uh, she was going down the stairs, we had like a little chair for her and she would go down the stairs on the chair. Sometimes she was impatient. she didn't want to wait for the chair. so she was going down the steps backwards and fell and broke her oh. hemo fell backwards and and, and broke her hemo I mean had I to have a pin put in her femur bone. Oh. But when I say her recovery was quick, she fell and and broke her hip and I was like, uh-oh, we were like, oh my goodness, you know. When you hear people breaking their hip, you're like, uh oh, you know, it's, it's downhill from here. You all these things. She has so much flexibility and elasticity. She was able to recover. She walked on a walker, but she get out there and start dancing and moving. On. See, but, but just like you said, it was it was another one of those crises, you know, where her body was, you know, was in a crisis, and she was able to be in a position to to fight it. You know, sometimes we can't avoid it but we can be in a position to fight it more effectively when it happens. So it's those types of things that you're talking about. We have to move our bodies and keep the elasticity in our bodies and, you know, and not just like you said, use it as an excuse, especially for us menopausal women. We will blame everything on menopause, everything. Okay. I'm I'm menopausal, but you know, I have friends who are, you know it's these hot flashes is this that and the third and that's everything and that's what that's why I can't lose weight and that's why I can't do this and that and the third.
0: But that's not okay so can I say this Absolutely.
1: before before 2018 and
0: my suddenly health crisis I had I experienced a lot of hot flashes and stuff. But since then, and my diet totally I did it about face to where i'm probably about 90 to 95% plant based. I love lobster tails, I love wild salmon, and I love shrimp occasionally. But other than that, and maybe every now and then a piece of fish, but other than that, no, mostly plant-based. Since then, I don't have a hot fashion girlfriend. I don't have none of them issues. None, none, none,
1: none, none. <laughs> and that's it. And I think a lot of it, like you said, is 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 our education. It's what we've been conditioned to to believe mm-hmm. and uh, as there's that level of awareness and we have the the proper mindset then we you know cast all of those things to the side those things mm-hmm. are, are you know are not going to be a part of that wellness journey because we don't want it to be that thing that that keeps us you know that pulls us down we want to do those right. things that want to boost us up and keep us moving in the right direction Yes, right Let's talk a little bit about a, a few of those things that we can do mindset wise to to get back to that space of wellness. And like I said, we talked initially about, you know, making sure that we know our bodies and that we, mm-hmm. definitely you know, make sure that we're going and seeing our physicians, of course, before we start anything, because we don't want to uh, you know, put right. in any type of danger or do anything that's going to, you know, cause us any, you know, bodily harm. Right. Body- check into that and then what are some other things that we can start looking into
0: well number one you know it all really begins right here in the mind so until we get this right you know that's really the starting point because number one there has to be a decision to change. Something has got, I really believe this. You got to figure out your why. Most people don't make a decision to do something different until God forbid something happens, which is totally not the most opportune to do, right? It's totally, that's not what we should do. But you know, one of the things that I like to assess when I work with somebody, where are they at in the change process? Because many people don't really want to change, Kim. You have those that want to change, but then you have those that are not that don't want to change or they're not ready to change. And uh, Maybe, maybe I might change. I don't know. I'll think about it. So but until we get this together, right, because where the mind is, you know, that's where your focus is. So we've got to work on getting our mindset and get, get out of this, get out of the mindset of I only go to the doctor. If I'm hurt, if I don't feel good, that's number one, that's a good place to start. Right. Start getting your physical exams. If you're not getting yearly exams, then that's part of the problem right there. You have to get yearly exams. If I didn't get my year, well, you know, and that's not to say that something can't happen later on in the year but at least get a baseline, start somewhere, know where you stand, but it really begins in the mind, right here in the mindset. And I'm a firm believer that everything else falls into place once you set your mind, because it's amazing the things, you know, we set our mind on building businesses and building legacy and going to school and get that second degree, right? Our mind, we get our mind set right and together for all of that. We need to take that same mindset, that same determination, that same tenacity, and now focus it on our health and well-being so that it becomes a lifestyle. So number one, think about what you're thinking about. That's number one, okay? Think about how you currently view health and wellness. That That's, that's key. Then number two, right? Go ahead. Get your physical exam. We are about to enter a whole new year. January is the perfect time to get your yearly exam. Most people remember it around the first of every year. Get that, know your numbers. Start with small, you know, and that's the other thing. We've got to learn to set realistic goals, not goals that's realistic for mommy and auntie or my sister, but goals that's realistic for us as individuals. And start with one goal. Don't overwhelm yourself with three and four and 10 goals at a time. You start with one goal, work the plan, right? To reach that one goal, celebrate the quick wins, right? And then move on to the next goal once you've mastered that one. So, you know, those are some really, really quick, to me, common sense things to do because a lot of times we overwhelm ourselves trying to make it all happen at one time to where we get so overwhelmed. We'd be like, you know what? Forget about it. This is too hard. I'm not doing it. And it's not too hard.
1: Yes, I love that you say small, realistic goals because you're right. You can overwhelm yourself. And if you do get in that space of, of, oh, I failed, then you're not going to be willing to keep going because you're saying, well, I, I can't do it. It right. has to be, well, has to be uh, something that's attainable. And just like you said, it has to be something that that you're going to uh, be consistent in doing over, over a lifetime. Right. It doesn't, uh, you know, we say it's a lifestyle change and, and, and is a lifestyle something that's temporary when we're talking about wellness, not necessarily. You know, we want to make sure that we're we're operating in a space of, okay, this is something that, that I can do and that I can be consistent or persistent in doing and, and know that I'm not going to turn away from it. Just like you said, if we do something that we don't like or that we're not ready to do, we're not going to be consistent mm-hmm. in doing it. We're going to give up. We're going to say, okay, I've had enough of this it has to be something sustainable. I think that's the key word in there. It has to be something sustainable, something that we're willing to do over a long period of time. And then if there are any shifts or pivots, that is still going to be something that we can do. Now, the right. one I think is, is, is wonderful and in, in the fact that, um, you know, we were talking about being, you know, 60s and 70s babies and everything, that we didn't have all of the choices that you have now, you know, we had all these other diets that we were able to go on, but we didn't have all of this vegan, gluten-free, all these other things that, that are available to people, okay, the magic of cauliflower, okay,
0: come on, come on,
1: come on, we were making cauliflower pizza and cauliflower rice and mashed cauliflower, and cauliflower. Oh. we did have all of those things, so I mean, there are definitely options out there that we didn't mm-hmm. have, many, many years ago that, that people can tap into. So, you know, it, we're not limited to, to things that, that we can do to, to adjust, you know, our lifestyle. And, and right. As, just like you said, exercise, we didn't have YouTube and all these videos <laughs> and we watch them all over the world. And and, and you know find all these exercises we had to go and get the little VHS tapes or you know. Look, girl what I ain't had no VHS
0: that came out when I had started having my babies at 20 years old look but one thing about that though we didn't have all that but our parents made us go outside and play
1: yes yes as long as you were back when the lights came up, you went out there and you ran yourself, you rode your bike, you got on your roller skates, you jumped, double right. dash, you all that, you played handball. Hopscotch, all of
0: that, exactly.
1: We did, we did all, we moved our body. We did not live in this sedentary space that we're in now. But, you know, we have the options to do better and to do differently in different ways. We have so much exposure. And I think that it's important that we keep those things in mind. But I love that you say that, those small wins and those small realistic goals and celebrating those things because uh, you know that, that's what's going to keep us motivated. And yeah. I think that also ties in with making sure that we uh, you know, have that proper communication, that proper circle of people that are going to support yes. us.
0: Yes,
1: yes. How important it is to have a a a good social circle around you.
0: Yes, that is so key because you want those people around you. You want them people in your circle that's going to support your wellness goals, right? And let's face it, some people need an accountability partner. Some people need them to call and look, girl. Come on, get up. I know you tired, but get up. Let's go work out. Let's go for this walk. Let's, you know, I know we just ate dinner, but come on, baby, we need to go walk this food. On. I do that my husband all the time. But you know what I'm saying? But you need, some people need accountability partner, but if you got people that's, a, look, have people in your circle that's about the same thing you are and wanting to go in the same direction you're going in and got goals that are similar to yours. Because that's where their support is going to come in on those days you don't feel like going to walk on those days you like I want to eat this pint of ice cream or this gallon of ice cream they'd be like girl no you don't need that just eat you just a little cup full you know satisfy your taste buds and get rid of the wrath.
1: you know what I'm saying because. That's what it's about. Just, just like you say, and, and that's a good thing that you bring up too. I want to tap on that just a little bit too. You know, when we talk about cravings or 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 those cheat days or things like that, what, what should that look like? So
0: look, I think once a week, pick one day a week that you're going to cheat, right? And just treat yourself to whatever it is you want to treat yourself to. If it's the pizza, treat yourself to it, if it's the cookie, treat yourself to it but then get back on track. Now with me that with me saying that though, let me say this. I no longer use the term everything in moderation because too many people you know, moderation means different things to different people. If you diabetic and your blood sugars are out of whack and out of control, if your blood pressure off off the charts, if you got some condition and your numbers are abnormal, that does not apply to you. You need to get your numbers in check before you start about talking about some moderation. I'm straight no chase. I have told you. But if your labs are good and everything is tracking, your doctor's happy and you wanna have one cheat day a week, then, okay, just don't overdo it on the cheat day, right? And then the next day you get back on track. But many people can't do that because it has not yet become a lifestyle, though, Kim.
1: That makes sense. That makes sense. I love that. And I love that you say that. You know, uh, I like I like what you talked about with regards to moderation because you're right. Everybody's moderation is different. You know, uh, you know, your grandmama's, uh, you know, teaspoon of uh, 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 vanilla extract in her recipe, you know, may be a, a pour in somebody else's. So. You're right. It may not, it may look different to different people. I didn't take that yeah. into consideration. So that, that's definitely a good point that you bring up. People's level and I use that term, I'm guilty of that myself. You know, you eat things in moderation, but what is what is moderation? You know, what does that look like for, for an individual and is it something that's consistent? And then just like when you talk about having a cheat day, it's not a matter of it being like Fat Tuesday where you're gorging yourself on that day. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's definitely, okay, have a little bit, just like you were talking about, instead of having the whole gallon of ice cream, okay, have that couple of teaspoons or that little cup that just satiates, just so you can say you had it and you don't have to finish the whole thing, you exactly. know? Exactly. The following weekend and then have a little bit more, you know, and I think that's where the, the discrepancy comes in. We say I'm going to have yeah. this tea day and we go all in. Go <laughs> in, girlfriend! Go full throttle! eat the whole pizza and it's just like no 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 because then it's hard to to come back the next day from that and your body is still trying to process all that stuff that you just did like what what just happened exactly especially when you've made wellness a lifestyle
0: you try to sit there and eat a whole pizza pie if you want to and you'll be sick as a dog and probably
1: throw up you're right you are absolutely right yeah i remember going vegetarian for a year no, no meat. And then my parents came home with a bucket of Kentucky fried chicken. And I said, wait a minute, I'm gonna have a piece of chicken. I nearly threw up a lung. I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? I can't eat that day. Yes, your body then all of a sudden remembers and it's like, okay, we could do this again. We remember chicken. But <laughs> before that... My body said, What? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we sometimes you do more harm than good. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. once you start that lifestyle change, you're gonna find that you're not as inclined to want those things as much, or you want just a little taste. And then you may be like, you know, this isn't all that I thought it was or that I remembered it being, you know. And then you don't right. wanna, you know, you don't wanna, you know, like be sick or feel feel nauseous or have a stomach ache afterwards. You know, you wanna be able to go in and say, All right, I had a little bit of it. It's good. I'm good.
0: Exactly. And then the flip side of that real quick is that now I'm a firm believer if you're craving a certain thing, because sometimes I crave salt. I don't add it to my food, but salt, sodium is necessary for our bodies. And um, with that said, when I crave it, then I'll get something with a little salty, like I like organic potato chips but I do believe that there's probably something in that food you're craving, something in there that your body is lacking. But again, it goes back to, you knowing your body, yes. Yes. knowing what you're deficient in. And a lot of these diets, you know, especially being vegan, vegetarian, you're lacking a lot of B- B12 vitamins and stuff. So you really gotta be in tune with, when your body's telling you, you're lacking this. That's why you're craving a certain thing that that
1: contains.
0: So, yes.
1: it's, yeah. That's it. I mean, like I said, we can go on and yeah. on. But you know, the key things that that uh, you brought up, we're talking about. You know, thinking about what it is that you're thinking about with regards to your wellness and your journey and your goals and what it is that you're seeking to do and how you want to go about doing it. And then, like you said, getting that annual physical so that you at least have a, a uh, you know, a base to start with and knowing mm-hmm. what your numbers look like and and what you're deficient and things that are going on there. So, you know, connecting with your healthcare professional to find out exactly where you are. And then, like you said, setting those small realistic goals. Okay. Having people around you that are going to support you in your efforts as you're going through that wellness journey. Those things are important. And then like you said, if you have that cheat day doing things that are, you know, are going to satiate, just have that little bit. Don't go all out and and you know make sure that you have that lifestyle established and make sure that you have uh you know that your numbers aren't so far far out of range that those things are going to cause your numbers to go even further up. So I love that you brought attention to all these things. Those are definitely going to be helpful as we talk about, you know, changing our mindset and changing it to a wellness mindset. And I know that as we're going into this new year, you know, people are going to be making resolutions and things like that, but your wellness journey should start now. It should start today. It should start you know, as soon as we're done, you know, or because it's important for us to, to you know, get ourselves uh, in that proper mindset, because we never know when that suddenly health care crisis is going to occur. We don't know what's going to happen, and we want our bodies to be prepared now and not later, because we don't know what, you know, we don't know what's around the bend. So we want to make sure that we're prepared. So first, I want to thank you for for being here and for you know, sharing your wisdom and your knowledge with us. And we're talking about those things that you had to overcome. And we're grateful that, that you are, you know, in a space where you were able to fight those adversities that came up and, and are, you know, continuing in your own personal wellness journey. You look absolutely lovely. And I Thank just, I'm glad that that you've chosen to share your, your uh, story and your expertise with those who need it, Now that's important. Now, before we go, of course, I want to ask you what you're doing in the now, you know, to cope, because as we're going through this pandemic, I always talk about COPE, and uh, that's an acronym for Create Our Peaceful Existence. What are the things that you're doing personally to create a peaceful existence for yourself?
0: Oh, I have to start my day with prayer. I pray in the morning, start my day with the creator. Um, I do mindfulness meditation. Um, yeah, I just set boundaries and of course, try to get my
1: exercise
0: in and yeah, I, but this starts with spending time with the creator in prayer.
1: Yes, yes, I love that. And I mean, and that's part of the focus, like you said, part of your wellness journey, being able to make sure that, that you have a sound mind and heart. And, and I love that you say setting boundaries because all of us tend to overextend ourselves, especially as women, we say yes, because we want to please everyone. And sometimes we have to set those boundaries and lose, use that beautiful two-letter word. No, no, I we'll no, can't do that today. <laughs> you know, and, and, and to be able to stick to it. So I think that that's wonderful that you bring that, uh, that point up. And it's important for us to know that there are so many different ways that we can cope and they don't have to be in the form of a band-aid or it doesn't have to be where we're self-medicating or doing things that are mm-hmm. going to be harmful to our body. We want to make sure that our spirit and our heart is in check and that's where it be Begins. Okay, so tell me how people can get in contact with you if they're interested in, in, in getting some advice about wellness or, 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 you know, finding out if you're speaking anywhere or things that they, they can do to get in contact with you. Thank you so much for allowing me to
0: share that, Kim. So I can be uh, reach out to me at warrior. Dot life again, it's www.spiritofawarrior.life. of a warrior. Life, and everything you want to know about nurse coach Jean Turner is right there.
1: Yes, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, again, www.spiritofawarrior.life. of a warrior. Life, like I said, all things you know, nurse coach Jean, and so make sure that you connect with her. It will definitely be in the description of the show when it airs, so be looking out for that. Okay. And with that, I'll ask if you have any last words that you want to leave for our listeners as we depart.
0: No, I just want to say, you know, just remember that mindset. Let's get into a wellness mindset uh, for life, for life, body, mind, soul, spirit in every area of your lives,
1: peace and health. All right. And with that, That will do it for this edition of the How Now podcast, where we talk about how to live in the now. And until we see you the next time, I say peace.